This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. My buddy Paul Lester is a pro's pro. For over 50 years, he's been walking the golf course, making photos of some of the greatest golfers to ever play the game. We met 30 years ago at the Dinah Shore Tournament in Palm Springs. And for over 30 years, I've never met anybody to have a bad word to say about Paul. We talk about getting into the business, his new book, Beyond the Fairway, and of course, some great old golf stories that may or may not get him into trouble. I wished I would have known. I mean, I think the one thing that they'll always tell me, and I, I, I make a good living, I love it, I probably didn't charge enough. That's always been the thing with I know other guys. And then we got together with people like some of our other shooters and we talked about it. We've got to establish these prices. We can't have us trying to make just say $500 and then there's somebody else doing the same job trying to go for $200. You know, we, it's just gonna kill all of us. So we all made a little pact on that. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just A Good Conversation. Take a listen to my archives. My guests have ranged from professional baseball players, chefs, and photojournalist and author, Christina Salvador Clens. So I had a Leica M6 and a Leica M3, and so I used both of those. I, I felt like I was less obtrusive, and, and nobody would take me seriously because the camera was so small, nobody knew its value. It was quiet, and... It just, I think being a left-eyed shooter, it just, it, it just fit my, it fit my body better because it was small. And I don't know, there was just, I can't really explain why it was different, but I think that that changed my shooting a little bit. The rest of my conversation with Christina can be heard at the archives at justagoodconversation.com. Let's take a quick break for a sponsor before diving into my conversation with Paul Lester. When I joked about being on the 19th hole, I didn't really think I would be at one for this podcast. That's right. I'm going to feel bad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell all my former guests, this is absolutely the best view I've had in all 100 episodes I've done. Wow. Paul, how are you doing? Thank you so much, Matt. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that you saw looking out at the golf course. I see a lot of them, so that's okay. But I want to make sure you are looking. Ed is beautiful. And just to let them know, we are at Brentwood Country Club. Yes, Brentwood Country in Club. In Brentwood, California. This is gorgeous. It is really nice. They've done a great job out here. It's uh, They've had a lot of... You know, Ben Hogan's and people like that have played here. Uh, successful tournaments. Don't have too many outside uh, PGA-type t- uh, tournaments, but it's a great club. I mean, they have tennis and they have pools and they have, you know, everything. It, it really oh, yeah. is a country club yeah, and a nice golf course. So if you hear the kitchen or the people walking by or someone yelling yeah. for, honestly, we are on the golf course. Yes. we are. This is the first location podcast i've ever done right i'm glad you made it i mean this view is stunning my god i might just like uh zone out during the podcast and just watch these guys miss these shots yeah this is unbelievable it is nice um 
I've been here working today, actually. Yeah. And so, you know, it was great. And I said, shoot, Perfect. shoot, we're cookies. here. Cookies. I got cookies. I got soda. <laughs> My God, this is Oh, yeah, that's a good country clubs. That's why I've done it for 50 years. <laughs> you know, I decided this would be a good deal. This is unbelievable. Anyway, uh, you're, you're thanks a valley- for having me. Yes, absolutely. You're a valley kid. You grew up in the, in the valley, right? I did. San Fernando Valley. I sure did. How was that? In Sherman Oaks. Oh, it was great. You know, I loved it. Uh, Van Nuys Junior High School, Van Nuys High School, you know, the whole bit there was fantastic. Our elementary school, I still see the same friends that I grew up with are still with me all the time. I see them now that I've moved to officially Augusta, Georgia. Uh, I really still come here all the time. My daughter Jillian's here. Most of our business is here. Most of it comes out of here when I travel from here. But uh, 23 years ago, I met my other half, Brenda, who's born and raised there when I was covering the Masters. And that took care of that. (laughs) So I just tell people I'm a good old boy from Van Nuys, which is kind of funny. How Was the Valley pretty quiet growing up back then when you were a kid? Not really. I mean, back in, on Van Nuys Boulevard, we had all the cruisers. We had all the low riders, the, the high riders. Oh, we had was... every kind of car there was. We had the home of Bob's Big Boy. We had everything. So, no, no, I wouldn't say it was quiet. Now, if you start going out to the west end of the valley, that was quiet. Okay. That was Orange fields before they built a billion homes and right and golf courses and freeways uh but you're right um the actual valley where i was was pretty pretty going pretty well okay pretty and, strong and you grew up you know with a very famous father i mean you had a foot in hollywood i did uh, did, did you dad, realize that as a kid when did you start to kind of take i that really in? i really well i kind of knew it my dad was buddy lester Um, And he was part of the Rat Pack, stand-up comedian, the Jerry Lewis movies. I guess I really realized that I was born in 1949, so in 1960, the Rat Pack was made. Right. And, you know, the Ocean's Eleven movie. And I got to go down and take my dad to the airport, and that's when I saw Frank Sinatra and these guys. I'm going, well, I guess my dad is connected. That is pretty cool. So... Yeah, I, I was very close to him, very very tight with him and my mom, so I knew all about it all the way around. And just to jump into it, that's how it started with me. He played in many of the of the celebrity golf tournaments. And at when I first got out of school, I thought, you know, I want to be in the movie business. And I was going to try that, and my dad said, well, I'll get you a job. And at about 17, I started working at Universal Studios. I was a jackhammer operator with a hard hat building sets. I I wasn't close to anything. I was like, this is show business? I go, this isn't. uh, Really? So I decided, eh, and then. How long did that last? Two summers. Oh, about two summers, you maybe. Put in the summer is only two months, you know, or three months uh, before school started. But then I, then I decided that I wanted to, you know, be in some type of motion picture or still photos. So I got a hold of a Mamiya C3, uh, no, at that time, a SRT 101, sorry. Wow. The original film camera that Minolta made. And I started shooting it. Where'd you thought, get it from? Uh, I think I actually bought it. Okay. I think I bought it, you know, 
and and so I owned this thing, and then all of a sudden I started shooting pictures with it. And then my dad, you know, he goes, "Why don't you bring your, as he called it, the box out to? <laughs> why don't you bring your box out to some of these celebrity golf tournaments?" And that's how it started. How old were you then? Eighteen, nineteen? Yeah, maybe seventeen. What did you 18? shot before that? Just high school stuff, whatever you could. Once that started, that's when I started doing. I started not even still photos. On Friday nights, I did Taft High School. And on Saturday nights, I did San Fernando Valley State College football. Shooting their video? Shooting their video, and there wasn't video. Right, 8-millimeter film? 8-millimeter film on Friday night. Not Super 8, 8 (laughs) 8-millimeter. It was hysterical then, but we did go up to 16-millimeter when we shot regular with an Aeroflex 16 millimeter for the Saturday night, the college. Would they put you like in a cherry picker? Exactly. You, you're, you must have been there with me. <laughs> they put me in this thing. and Okay, up a little higher. That's uh, not high enough. Up a little higher. Now, on Friday nights, there was no cherry picker. I climbed up the 50-foot light pole in the middle of the, I mean, the 50-yard line light pole. Right. As high as I could in a little basket up there in November. Now, thank God we were in the valley, so it wasn't like we were in Idaho. But it was cold. It was blowing. I'm like, oh, boy. And then they said, come on down for halftime to get a sandwich or a hot dog. I said, no, thanks. I'll just stay up here until I have to come down. Oh, my God. That's exactly how it went. That was obviously pre-OSHA and, uh, you know, yeah. someone watching over you, the safety belt. You were just no, up there. there. You were just up there. They Holy didn't care. Holy mother of and, God. And all you were trying to do was get the angle. And then, and then a couple of times with the Saturday night motion picture stuff, you know, I'd get it all right and I thought everything was perfect. And I thought, well, I'll take a look. And I got, you know, and then I would open up the back of it a little bit, you know, like to change film or something. And it's like, eh, sometimes it didn't work exactly perfect. Uh, you remember the word spaghetti? Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay. How am I going to tell the coach this one? Then we would run the film. At that time, they processed the film up in uh, San Luis Obispo. Up and there? you would run it to the Greyhound bus. The Greyhound bus would take it to them in the middle of the night. They had a company up there that processed the film, shot it back on the Greyhound bus, and the coaches would pick it up at, like, the mobile station on the corner. I swear to you. <laughs> to look at the film on Sunday morning or fr- Saturday morning of their game. You know, these coaches... These high school coaches were, you know, it's like the Super Bowl. They couldn't wait to get and see their game film. And that's how we did it for years. How much did you get paid? I got paid $75. uh, I think it was a game. That's good money. It might have been $75 a month now that I think about it. (laughs) That's still good money. (laughs) It was good. I I got a free hot dog (laughs) and scared the heck out of me. But Uh, uh, what a way to start. And that's how it started. Because, you know, no matter what you shoot... You still have to light it, frame it, focus it. Right. You know, those three things have to all be together to make a photo. You know, you might have the greatest, as you know, what a pro I'm talking to here, folks. Believe me, the best. And, you know, if you shoot the greatest shot and you look at it and you're two, shot, two stops under, you're, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's or done. soft. Yeah. Now, nowadays, you can almost save it. But in the days when we started shooting slide film, nope. and, 
Done. You know, C41, you had nothing. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Two you, stops over on two, that, that yeah, sand, that's right. it's gone. You were done. Done. So, if you can get the three of them together, then it's the best picture. When you're working with your dad and you're doing the jackhammer bit and you're like, I'm not doing this. My back is not going to make it the rest of my career. Right. Were you thinking, okay, I'm out of Hollywood. Like, this is just not for me. Or did you look at anything else like no, cinema? Here's what, here's what I, I really didn't because when he said bring that camera to the golf tournament, I all I thought about was this is a way to make a living. Okay. The you know, first thing was, wow, okay, here's what I did. And you won't believe th- this was cool. I figured, okay, I got to find a way. Now, I'm doing the Steve Garvey, Steve Yeager, you know, the tournaments, these celebrity golf tournaments where the guys would pay to play in the tournaments, mm-hmm. a small amount in those days. Right. I'm talking $75 entry fee, and they're playing with, you know, the greatest players yeah. of the world. Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers to play 18 holes. So we would set up. And we literally had like a menu board, a sandwich board, and we put on there, you know, such and such golf course, the blah, blah, blah golf tournament in the year, you know, 1975, you know. And we would set this sign up, and as, as they came to the hole, we would say, okay, the celebrity, would you please get in the middle? The other guys get around. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd shoot the picture, a simple group photo. And if you would like the photo, could you please put $5 in the envelope and put your name and address on the envelope? So, you know, these guys, they couldn't wait to do it. Sure. So they'd come, and then by the end of the day, if there was 100 players, and I would give a dollar back to the charity. So it's just 100 players, and they all paid, you know, I made $400. That was great. That's great money. But then I had to print them. Five by seven, put them in a little folder and mail them to them. And on the upper right corner of the envelope was the exposure number. So I, so now, and then I'm out there (laughs) with a light (laughs) table and the negatives trying to, okay, this is this one. So these go with this guy, this guy. Now, if you messed one up, if you didn't send the right one, the guy would call me, Paul, this is a great photo, but it's not me. And now you know it's going down the down the line. Everybody got the wrong photo. I'm telling you, there were it was it was funny, but it was like oh my god, it was nightmares. And at the same time, I'm on the tour doing the tour stuff. So I'm in the middle of you know shooting Chichi Rodriguez in Houston, Texas, and I get a phone or a message or whatever in those days, and they you know. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Jones got the wrong photo of that tournament you did, you know, two weeks ago down in Orange County or something. You're like, oh, no. You know, so. I got to find Mrs. Jones now. I got to make her happy. She paid five bucks. What year is this? What year did you start doing that? Hmm, 73, 74. How challenging was that with, you know, the. You're shooting film. Well, that's one thing that we kind of sort of talk about that. Shooting the film on getting the prints made on that type of thing was okay, and then I'll tell you how it progressed. But when you're doing a pro tournament of any type, we started with the LPGA. Anybody at all started with the LPGA that's been in this business forever. The LPGA was amazing how big and awesome it was in those days. It was the best tour there was. There was no champions or senior tour. So they were great. So. That was the problem. Okay, so now you're ready. You, you think you've got two cameras. 
you know, and, and how fast a 36 exposure roll goes. Right, real and all fast. Of us, real fast. And all of a sudden, you're about ready to get the winner shot, and you run out of film. And how fast can you change film? And rewind it back first, and then open it back, and then, and then don't open it till you rewind it all. Right. <laughs> it's just a whole deal. Right. We Would you label to- your film, too, like a plus one or a plus quarter if you were doing slide or what what was your process back then that's very interesting i don't know i think we did i think you're right i think you're right but because i i had to do that i had a sharpie with me it was like yeah. the most important thing and yeah if i was shooting 200 and i had to push one you knew, yeah you push knew a that, quarter yeah you knew that exposure wouldn't work yeah right exactly so when you're shooting pictures like that you're exactly right but then as those tournaments went on, I would I would get them, and then they started charging more money for the tournaments that we did. So as they charged more, we stopped the five dollar bit, and they became included in the entry fee. Okay. Oh, you got a nice picture. So then we would still shoot film, but we would find the one hour photo at every course we went to. Oh my. One hour photo. I call them ahead of time. Hey, we're coming down. We're in town for this guys tournament i'm gonna dump I'll a bunch of film there. on I'm you i'm gonna dump some film i need a hundred percent five by sevens get them back to me as quick as you can and then we'd lay them out of course one of the classics was <laughs> you're de- you're dealing with some guy's ma and pa store and then you're all running you get your photos taken you split as fast as you can to the place and there's a sign on there my dog got sick uh, we're closed today <laughs> Middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. So, you know, now what do you do? Now you go run somewhere else to try and find yourself just any way you can to get those pictures. (laughs) Where's the vet to get that dog fit? That's right. Gosh darn it. Why didn't you call me? Then it rolled into digital. I know we're getting up there. But when it became digital, then we bought these printers. I take them everywhere. I've got a case, I can throw it on a next stop. Korea, you know, which I've been, and just plug it in and it knocks it out while you're sitting there, and then they come out a lot better. Yeah, see, if somebody would have told Paul in 75 that you'd be having these, you know, cases that make prints for you, you'd have said, no way in hell. It took me a while to even do the digital. Uh, My guys that work with me, you know, they were way into it. I'm sure you were way ahead of even me. I would say the first one I did was at the two. About 1999 or 2000 skins game, and somebody okay. loaned me a camera. The first, the old one with the Nikon. Right. Let's see, it was the the Nikon body and the Kodak. Yeah, Kodak, it was something yeah. like that. Just a just a friend, a just, huge, yeah, monster, a monster. And I'm, I goofed up. I think I got one photo out of every four, you know, that was well, right. It had the delay. It, it had, had the crop a, factor. Oh, it was god awful. You had to learn it. So. But that was when I went, wow, this is kind of cool. You know, I can look at it, and that's the big deal. Like, I, I tell the guys that work with me and myself, if you goof it up now, just find something else to do. Because, <laughs> you know, you could look on the back, and the guy closes his eyes. Oh, can we get another one? You yeah. know, in those days, we didn't know the guy closed their eyes or what it looked like right. until we got him back. We had a lot of faith back then that we yeah. got it, because if we didn't, we didn't yeah, know until we got right. the film back. And then you'd have to send it in like you guys, and... Like, I have always been pretty much on the corporate end of things. You know, like, right where we are right now. Right. You know. This was a corporate job Brent, today. I do. I'm lucky enough to have the Brentwood account. So, if they have events, 
they call me. So I've never really been one to do magazines, right. how you get paid by the photo and all that. I always thought, like I said, when I started it, I wanted it to be a business. Mm -hmm. I always want, I thought, you know, what if I'm going to do it? This is what I'm going to do. And I, I've, I've, I've never really had another job. Where did you get early on business sense to understand like how much you needed to make to make money and charge clients and then expenses? I wished I would have known. I mean, I think the one thing that they'll always tell me, <clears throat> and I, I, I make a good living. I love it. I probably didn't sh charge enough. That's always been the thing with I know other guys. And then we got together with people like, of course, you working big time, but some of our other shooters, and we talked about it, we've got to establish these prices. We can't have us trying to make, just say, $500, and then there's somebody else doing the same job trying to go for $200. Right. You know, we, it's just going to kill all of us. So we all made a little pact on that. Um, we're... How did that work out, making that pact, or just communicating with other photographers? <laughs> like, so let's, let's, let's keep the amount high, guys. I, I, th I hope they did, but I know a lot of people that didn't, and even myself, because there's the times where I'm like, well, I really want this job. Right. So maybe if it's a matter of finances, I'll maybe take 15, I, I could go off. a little less, and then I'd be thinking about these other guys, and I'm like, eh. And then... There were guys that just did a living doing, let's say, win ads. And what we talk about win ads would be on the golf end. Let's say the guy wins a golf tournament. Mm -hmm. He has a Titleist hat. He's got a Nike shirt. So they would be there just to shoot the picture of him holding the trophy with the Nike shirt, with the Titleist hat, and he would get paid by them to run those ads. Right. All of a sudden... Who came along to change it all? It hasn't been those many years. Getty. Right. Getty Images got the contract with the PGA Tour. Probably 10 guys I know, that was it. They're Out done. of business. Out of business. Done. Done. See, that's brutal. It was. But you, they can't go buy a picture. I no. Mean, if someone right. calls me for a picture of, you know, a, a player now, let's just say, you know, whoever it be, let's say Justin Thomas, Unless I'm selling it to them for them to use in their brochure for a tournament that's coming up, that's the only thing editorial-wise. Any kind of advertising. Commercial. They got to go through Getty. Ding. Totally. Wow. And pay those prices. Right. Yeah, that's brutal. That, that costs a lot of guys you know, a job, a lot of making a lot of money. It did. So you wish earlier on you had a little more business sense, maybe would have helped you quicker in your career? I would have liked that because I definitely learned as I went along. I never really had much of a plan because I have to, there's a lot of things, that, like I was telling you earlier, I go, I, there's a lot of things that go into my business rather than if all I had to do is go out and shoot pictures, oh. it'd be a lot better. But we have to, three steps, the pre, pre-production, getting everything ready, then shooting, it's the easy part, basically. And then the post part of it, getting those images to the people. Right. Now, the one thing I always 
loved about you and like uh, when I first met you was how you had that setup where you were out there shooting the angels and those photos went directly immediately from your camera out to the world. Right. And I always thought, God, that would be very cool instead of me having to worry about later. You know, I could do it pretty fast, but, you know, editing them, downloading them, and then we transferring them or oh. however you do it. Right. It's a lot of work. But oh. it's a lot better than sending them uh, 200 uh, four-by-sixes <laughs> like I used to do. All those envelopes. Or all those slides. Oh, my God. The po- I mean, Remember? Your, your mailbox must have just been loaded with oh, postcards you're ready to send out. And then it was only like, what was it, 15 cents oh, for yeah. a first See, class. That's the thing. Maybe less. Now it would be cutting. That would kill me. Oh, my God. I'd have to raise it to six bucks a picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because the send it out is probably 55, 60 cents That's now. Right. No, I know. I think it just went up. Oh, my goodness. I know. There goes the profit. <laughs> <laughs> was there ever any point that you ever look back at Hollywood when your dad was still working thinking maybe I'd want to dive in? Or, or once you got into the 80s, well, you were you were pretty successful I was and not looking there. back? I wouldn't look back. I know one thing. I couldn't do it in front of the camera like he did. Right. Right. I got in front of there and froze, you know. How I could fun do it, was But now I could certainly talk to you and talk all day about this and have a great time. But how fun was no. it to have him in the house? Always fun. Always a zinger. Yeah. With nothing straight. Was he the life of the party every time he went somewhere? Oh, my gosh, yes. And, and Uncle Jerry, his brother, was the original uh, Tonight Show called Broadway Open House. This is black and white yeah, stuff. Yeah, right? Back so in New York? Way back, exactly. Jerry wow. Lester. So when those and, two and got we, together, was it just a just a party? There was a, there was you know without getting too personal about his life and Jerry's, there was a problem there where the brothers didn't see eye to eye for a while. Shocking, brothers! I, like brothers, I didn't even know. I don't know. There's a jealousy thing. Oh, I loved Uncle Jerry, and my dad wasn't going to stop me from that. And then thank God at the end they became friends, and at the wedding he came and he was great, but. He was really whacked out. I mean, he was really nuts. Jerry. Yeah. I mean, oh, my gosh. And, and Buddy, yeah. That was, must have been good times, though. It was great. You That's- know, I mean, comedians are comedians. There are right. times when they're, you know, not happy all the time, right. shall we say. Yeah. Uh, and that's when you just kind of went the other way. But uh, And then he got into the, you know, the acting for some reason, Jack Webb loved him. Yeah. And Frank Sinatra. Well, he opened for Frank Sinatra. So A lot, yeah. A lot when he was doing the stand-up comedian stuff. And then Frank said, uh, you know, because my dad had that scar on the side of his face. So it was like he played the heavy on all these shows. You know, he was in Dragnet and all these right. old. all kinds of all Columbo, all kinds yeah. of shows. Where did he get the scar? Well, that's a classic because, you know, I'm like, where did you get the scar? Well, I had a bunch of stories. One time he got in a fight with a gangster and threw a chair at him, but I wouldn't believe that one. But I think the one that I believe, because he used to always freak out like when my kids or the grandkids would walk along with a glass. Oh. So supposedly when he was a kid somewhere, he grew up in Chicago, he fell down, the glass broke, and he cut his face. Yeah. But... I've heard a lot of different ones. Oh, yeah, he always had some. He had some. Oh, I'm sure he's had enough but time. But he loved his... golf. Yeah. I mean, he would come home. It was classic. He, it was a great line. He'd come home, you know, because we were in L.A., he'd go to the driving range with all his buddies. You know, he's got Billy Eckstein one day, Mickey Rooney. <laughs> These are old, old names, by the way. Uh, and he'd walk in. I got it now. I got it. I worked on that five iron. I got the right swing. Every day. 
he'd go to the driving range when he wasn't working. I got it. And that was the classic. We would just go, okay, Dad. <laughs> but that was what really helped me because when I was on the tour, it broke because he would be on these acts, for instance, let's say he was doing his nightclub act in Palm Springs, okay. which they used to have nightclubs. Well, at the same time, the Bob Hope Classic was there. Well, let's say that, you know, anybody from um, Tommy Bolt to Ben Hogan to, you know, all these, Arnold, all these guys were there. And they'd come in at night, of course, and watch him perform. Right. And then they'd get up at 8 in the morning, you know, and drink all night. I don't want to say that yeah. but that's how it was sure that's how they partied yeah and so then they dragged their keys around the course so when i would go up now you know in the 70s or the 80s i'd go up i go by the way i'm buddy lester's kid i'm paul lester oh buddy we love buddy and then i was in see that's a good in I that's was great in. you've got to get in one way or the other right one of the great ways to get in in my business is the caddies okay the caddies is number one because if the caddies love you, the players are going to love you. They'll do anything. If the caddies don't like you and you're a jerk or that you're door's not, closed. Done. Done. Not a chance. They'll just tell them. They'll walk down the fairway. This guy's, ah, that a, guy's jerk. a jerk. Don't get right. near him. <laughs> and you're dead. Yeah. But by the other way, I mean, we, oh, a couple of great stories. So I spent a lot of time with caddies. Now, normally, <laughs> if I'm on the road, I would get the, they would give me a room in the hotel, you know, just because because I was kind of part of the event. Uh, but the caddies, they would stay like in those days when they weren't making all the money. They'd be like four guys in a room. What? Four guys in a room. It's like a dorm. Like a dorm. And they would caddy. Now, here's the classic. I'd ask them, i go, how'd you guys do on the room last night? Who got the two beds? Who got the other? He goes, the person that, that they're caddying for, the one that shot the lowest round, got the bed. <laughs> So you better the hope one that shot the highest round <laughs> on the, the floor. floor. Oh, you better hope your guy's doing well. And then the next day, same thing. How'd oh you shoot today? God. Oh, God, he went great. He shot a 68. Oh, you get the bed tonight, darn it. <laughs> My guy blew up, shot 78. He's on the floor. Yeah, have you ever wondered why that caddy was dragging his ass? And oh, yeah. His back was sore from sleeping on the carpet. I mean, listen, I love these guys. I still love every caddy, every caddy on every club yeah, I work right at. right there, they're, yeah. They're all my friends. And... I've tried to, in my line of work, be the friends with the guys that are on the, I don't want to even call them the bottom, but the guys that are cleaning the dishes. Right. All the way up to the director of golf, because, you know. They're the behind the scene guys. That's how you can get a lot of stuff. That gives you access. That's right. So, one time I picked one of the caddies up and we're on our way to the golf course. Paul, uh, can we stop by McDonald's? I need an orange juice. Okay, sure. We pull through. Pulls out a little vodka and the orange juice. Now I'm talking about I'm not gonna let the net I'm talking about a guy that caddied for the number one lady golfer in the world in the seventies okay. and eighties. Not nowadays. Not because not, nowadays, yeah. if you tried that, you're done. Yeah. You're done. You know, and they they make so much money. Oh, they make a f- yeah. they make good, good money now. Real good money. And and you know, it's so funny, I'll be talking to them. Let's just say before the tournament starts, they're waiting for their player in the parking lot. Don't ever be late. Don't ever be late. They are there waiting. Their player will tell them, or they figure two hours before their starting time, they'll be there. Mm -hmm. They go through their routine. The player eats. The player hits on the driving range. And I'll be sitting there talking to them about 
a baseball game the night before, and they'll see out of the corner of their eye their player got to go, and they will jam it straight over there. And they're always there. They're always waiting for them. And, um, they're everything to that guy. They are everything. Guy or girl, they're right. amazing. And wow. they protect them, the, the girls, for sure. Not oh, that yeah. these girls need money, much protection. But they do step in the way. I remember those totally. days. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, absolutely. Especially the dinosaur and stuff like that, oh, yeah. where you can get right up on them. Yeah, they definitely step in the way and make sure nobody gets stupid. I mean, the greatest part, the, uh, you could always almost know it's coming. Some of these players and their wife, I mean, their husband was their caddy. Right. Yes, you knew that their, too. You knew it was coming. Now, I'm not going to name a big name. I can just tell them she was married to Ray Knight. <laughs> so, and she's one of my greatest friends ever. They yeah. get a beef. They get into a beef on the third fairway. Drops the bag and walks off. Oh, yeah. I've seen it happen a bunch of times. Uh, anybody in the crowd want to <laughs> carry my bag? <laughs> I'm telling you. And some guy goes, sure, I'll do it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's catting for the rest of the day. Yeah. My Mike, how you doing? Yeah, he's pulling good. eight iron no out. No problem. <laughs> I can do this. Oh, how did the 80s really take off for you? Yes. Like, that's when you've really got yourself set, and you knew where yeah. to go, and people knew you, and the career was launched? Uh, without a doubt. Was and there ever a fear? Like, oh, my God, this could not, this, if this doesn't work out, what do I do? No doubt there was times when, you know, because I always remember the first of the year. I don't know if I still get that. But come first of January, I'm always wondering, is anybody, the phone going to ring? Is anybody going to, you know. Yeah. Is Do this they any, love me? Does anybody care? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, it would start rolling. But the big deal that made my career, made this book that I got lucky enough to do, by the way, um, and uh, was all the special event golf tournaments, like the Skins games, like the Wendy's Three Tour Big Challenge. Big Horn, right? Like Big Horn, yeah. like Sherwood with Tiger and all that. Because I was the only photographer that not only, there are other photographers that did the daytime stuff that were around there. I was the main one, but I did all the night stuff. Right. So I was there with their families. I was there with their wives. I was there with the kids. And... We had like 35 years of, of Skins games that I did every one of them in Hawaii and Palm Springs. All of a sudden, those came to a screeching end when the tour decided to have a wrap-around golf uh, tournament, you know, schedule. Right. That was it because all these were happening. It used to be at the end yeah, of August. Yeah, it was August. the fluff season, right? Right. Yeah. At the end of August when the PGA Championship ended, that was it until the Tournament of Champions. Right. So they had that off period. Like some of them were played before Monday Night Football. I remember that as a kid. That's exactly Some right. of them would come on like at 3, 4, 5 o'clock. That's and they were exactly right. these weird off shoots and playing. Them. Unbelievable. Yeah. And Guys like Don Olmeyer who started the Skins right. game with, um, you know, a couple of other wonderful people that all came with ESPN and the NBC and ABC. We had the senior skins games in Hawaii led into the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, that was unbelievable. Right. I mean, yes, I remember that. That was huge. And then all of a sudden, the players made so much money that the skins games, if you won every skin, you won like 650000 mm -hmm. And they started going, uh. 
650000 and I'm going to spend my Thanksgiving in Palm Springs or somewhere right. after. Away from the family. No, yeah. thanks. Yeah. I remember Curtis Strange telling me, Polly, I'll do it for nothing with all the publicity I got during the heyday of the Skins game. Right. All those guys just loved it. They didn't care. It was such an amazing event. So, Could you see when the players started to make an exorbitant amount of money? And God knows they earned it. They, but did you? could you tell, like, from early in those 70s when you got Chi-Chi and you got, you know, Jack and that stuff? And then oh, went, without a doubt. And then all of a sudden there's a shift in the 80s. No where, doubt. And because what happened was we would have, for instance, on a Skins game, the defending champion would automatically be in. Okay. Whoever won the year before. Then the winner of the players' championship was automatically in. Okay. Then the leading money winner... And then the fourth one would be the um, pick of the sponsor. Okay. That's how Fred and all those guys every year, they wanted him. Right. Couples was great, right? Couples like Sweet was great. guy. Great guy. Great person. I, uh, You know, just such personal friends. I love the guy. But uh, Fred, you know, could be either way. You sure. Know? I mean, you know, but so can all of us. So it's, it is great. But I love the guy. But anyway, so now... We go, this is the perfect story. We go to the top money winner. Uh, no thanks. Next guy. No thanks. Get all the way down to like the 10th guy on the money list. Brett Wetterick. Great guy, but who's Brett Wetterick? Right. Love him. Love you out there, Brett, wherever you are. But we knew it was done. That was the... That was the end of the Skins game. Because we knew that no one's wow. going to really... Right. Watch. Who's going to watch Brent, right? I mean, like, there's that, I mean, there was, so, and it got even, not that it say, I want to say it got worse, but it got accelerated when Tiger came in. Oh, yeah. In the 90s. And when that late well, 90s, when he made those runs on TV, that's when, holy Christ. What was great was that ABC was doing the skins, and he had a contract with Disney which was ABC at that point. They just changed. And one of the deals was, oh, you got to play in three Skins games. And he really elevated it when he did. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know, it was kind of weird because he never won one. Right. But he was great. And he's always not been that type of player. Right. It's very weird. Like he great, in, great in match play and right. all that. But. but all that stuff against, you know... He just didn't do well that way. So yeah. I don't know if he was able to focus or lock in, but you know, you got him in your hometown in Augusta, and man, he was a yeah. laser. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you got him at the U.S. Open up for Pebble or something, yeah. and he was. He knows how to play him, and and you know, he had that killer instinct. In fact, a couple of things. I'll just jump on that one more skins game, and it was the greatest. So we get Annika Sornstam to play in oh, one yeah. of them. And in I that, loved photographing her. She oh, was great. She's cool. I do her a lot still. I'll be in a few weeks with her out at Sherwood doing an outing. So she, they invite her. Fred Funk, who's one of the neatest guys in the world, had won the, had won the Players' Championship. Very successful champions to her guy. Just the neatest guy. So you got Tiger on it. You got Tiger. You got, uh, I want to say, uh, Fred. Um, and I know for sure Annika, and I know Tiger. So those four are playing. At the pairings party the night before, we're all sitting around, and we thought, wouldn't this be fun? Hey, and Fred was known as the straightest driver of them all, Fred Funk. 
And the deal was, Annika, if you outdrive Fred Funk on any tee shot, he's going to wear a skirt the rest of the rest of the match, rest of that hole. About the fifth hole, I hope I got it right. He out, she outdrives him. He pulls the moo out of his bag, puts it on. The greatest skins game moment at all. It's in the book, by the way. It's in there. It's in there. <laughs> I'm all over it. Again, I could go anywhere I wanted, thank God, at that point, you know, because I worked for the people. I worked for the Skins game. And so I'm out there, and I'm just cranking on it, getting the greatest shots. We finally get to the – this is not a totally X-rated show, right? <laughs> no. I won't say anything dirty. You could yell, sure. I, no, no cussing. No, no, no. I don't cuss. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> get on the green. He's got the skirt on, and, and everybody's dying. It's such a classic. Well – he bends down to read the putt, and across the green is, Fred, is Tiger leaning down as well. And he says to Tiger, what do you see on this putt? And he yells out, I see two balls out. <laughs> I'm telling you, on national television, it was the greatest with the skirt. I see two balls out. The place died. It was the greatest moment, I think, of Skins game history. The only other one that would beat it was when Trevino knocked it in on 17 at the stadium course, right. Alcatraz, and he knocked it in and went crazy. How did you keep your composure and not just fall over, die laughing? Uh, I've had a lot of those cases, and so have you, where it's been hard to, yeah. to concentrate and push the button, you know, when, <laughs> when these people have put us in spots. Uh, we're... How was it, you know, because you were really blessed in those n- 90s where some of the legends like Jack were, yeah. in their, were in their end. How was that like covering him? It was so cool. It was so cool. He, you know, with Jack, he, well, first of all, if he putted, I would tell the guys, don't even put the camera up to your eye. Give Count to 30 seconds, then put it up. He would take forever over that ball. Oh, yeah, he would just He would sit there and, and just hunch. hunch and hunch and just concentrate. And, and now, okay, you better get ready. <laughs> I think he's able to pull the trigger. I mean, he took forever. And he, at these press conferences, thank God I was a photographer and not have to ask these questions because he would look through you like he was looking right a dagger through you. How dare you ask that question? I mean, I just go, oh, geez, Jack, you know. And But I've become such great friends with them. Like I said in this thing I did, he and Barbara wrote the introduction. And... Uh, um, how fantastic was I that? know. Jim Nance did the forward. All these guys, you know, that they, oh, your Lester's doing a book. Ah, we want to be a part of it. So it was kind of fun. It's mm-hmm. called Beyond the Fairway, by the way, if anybody ever we'll take, we'll, we'll definitely we'll talk, jump well, on We'll talk, but we don't need to. When, when was your first trip to Augusta? That's kind of the holy grail of... Right. It was 1995, so it wasn't, well, so, wasn't so, that long ago. Okay, but it wasn't very early in your career. Then. So it was later in your career. Yeah, it was. It was. My first time wasn't until when 19. You weren't, yeah. And the only reason why I did it is because up the street at Reynolds Plantation, I was covering the first the first uh, match play, like, Accentra deal where all the top guys got in and then they eliminated them every day. Right. Remember, they played yep. those yeah, all Yeah, they cut it down. Yeah, cut right. it down to the end. They played, like, you know, 36 holes the last day. So I was doing that. 
And I got a hold of somebody, and I said, geez, you know, I'm down the street, really, a couple hours now that I live there. I know exactly where it is, but I said, <laughs> you know, what do I know? I'm from Van Nuys. So I said, <laughs> even though I traveled a lot, but anyway, so I said, okay, how do I get there? You know, oh, I got a couple of tickets for you. I'm not using it. Oh, my God. I, no cameras, because, you know, I wasn't credentialed. Right. And I just sat there and I watched and took it all in and saw. And every party player that went by me was like looking at me. Yay! Double take? You know, yeah, Kinda because like... I knew them so much from all the events. And, you know, they're like, and, I, and they see me sitting in the chair. God, I'm so glad you're having a good time. And I said, I am. And so that what did was you my th- first What did time. you think of the course? Was it what you had hoped it would be? Yeah. It was amazing. I remember that I was getting ready to walk in, and I had a white cup of coffee, and they, oh, sorry, sir, poured it into a green cup and gave it to you. You could not walk in there with anything but green. Nothing. That is, you know. that is shocking, the rules oh, they the have rules. there. No running. No running. Dress no attire, running. ropes, you everything. Can, you can't put your kid on your shoulders. No. Nothing. No. It's like but, being at church. But I'm, and I'll tell you why that you say that. It's very funny. I bet still to this day that I could take, you know how they run out, if you don't know, but right when they get there to pick their spots, they have these chairs that everybody can purchase very easy mm-hmm. to sit in. You could sit right next to the ropes. Oh, you're right up on you, it. You know it, right. So a lot of people, let's say you want to go to 16 and watch that par three, that famous one or whatever hole. Mm-hmm. You, you get there and you sprint to that hole as fast as you can walk. Yeah. And you and you set your chair down. And and you could set it down. And I believe that you could set your wallet on that chair. And you could come back three hours later and your wallet will be right there. There's nobody would take a thing. Yeah. For fear of, you know, being struck down the rest of their life. <laughs> Never being allowed back in church. Well, that's for one thing. Yeah. <laughs> The yeah, karma, I, I'm telling you, there. Right. everybody is... But is, they're so sweet and nice. They are. Damn it, it was weird. They, there's a lot of things. And, of course, you know, you can bring... One, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you can bring a camera and shoot away. Right. But then once Thursday hits, but you still can't bring Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday a cell phone. No. Even to shoot pictures with the cell phone, no. Yeah. And that's kind of weird. Yeah. And then the other thing that no one realizes and that's kind of a standard thing now is how hilly it is yes that's something that people don't you, tv kind of shows you you think they're humps yeah. but it, you are up and down i mean you're way up and down if you're down on let's say the 13th green and you want to go up to the very very first tee it is straight up yeah good and hump it's a good walk and Jesus. uh but you know, they've done such great stuff. When I first came in 95, there was like gravel. The parking lot was gravel. Mm-hmm. And, and if you were lucky enough to park there, it was gravel. Now it looks like a park. It is so gorgeous. The parking lot's gorgeous. The, all the, the practice areas that, of course, they had to elevate the, the driving range and put these giant fences up there. They'd be hitting them on Washington Road all day. Right. When John Daly came. You yeah, know, the couple times he played, he was you know, banging them. Yeah, out he'd of there. bang it right over, you know, out into the street. So they <laughs> okay, so like a guy like that, when he comes on the tour, what do you think of John? Oh my God! Well, he I, was. It, I think I know people have their thing for him, like him or don't. I thought he was great for golf. He's the greatest. I love him. I love him like a brother. One of the great photos. One of the great photos. I'm telling you. 
and I'm not going to keep saying that, but <laughs> it is there. But it's true. I it's walk one of the into the press room. I mean, into the into the pairings party. We invite him on a skins game because he had just won, uh, I think, at the PGA. Okay. So we said, oh, we got to get this guy to play in the skins. And I walk in. I'm one of the first people in the parties. You know, I'm the only shooter, so I like to get there early. Right. I walk in. He is standing there, Matt. I'm telling you, he's got a bottle of beer in his left hand and a cigarette in the two fingers holding the beer, like a college guy. You can just imagine it. He's got the bottle of beer holding it by the top and the cigarette in between the two fingers, just in his left hand. And I'm just like, this is the greatest. I said, hold it right there. Filled up the camera and banged that shot out. I said, that's the best one of them all. That's the classic John Daly and just the greatest human being in the world. Absolutely. But he was so yin and yang compared to Tiger, but they got along. No, they did. They, was, which is funny because people would think like, oh, no, like Tiger's so laser focused. He's straight laced and he's this. Yeah. And John's like this wild animal. But actually, when you put them together, they had so much in common. Yeah. And Tiger respected John's game and well, back and forth. One of the great people in the world and one of the great guys at golf, Fuzzy Zeller. Oh, yes. So he's like great friends with John Daly. So he says, John, I'm going to bet you, I don't know, $1,000 or a bottle of this or something. You don't make it to 50 because you're not going to make it to 50 years old. There's no way with all the stuff you're going through and the cigarettes and everything. So we are at, I do a lot of Champions Tour, Senior Tour. When it first started, I did the first one. So... That was, that's great. You know, I love those people, how it all started for me. So they get on the tee. He turned 50, and it was in Houston, Texas, one of the accounts, the insperity that I've had forever. And he gets on the first tee, and they give him a birthday cake. They always do, you know, when you turn 50. Uh-huh. And here comes Fuzzy up to him and presented him like, uh, 10 $100 bills and a big giant bottle of something. And he goes, hey, bro, I lost the bet. You made it to 50. And then I think it was 50 that he won that event. It might have been 51, but no, somebody will know. It might have been. I think it, he was 50 when he won that event. Of which, course he which would. Was he great. would. Oh, he would know. Somebody <laughs> knows. But anyway, he's now 56, I think. That's yeah. great for the tour. You know, it takes the cart. So much fun, but really wants to play. Yeah. I mean, these guys, as much fun as they are, when they get over that ball, that's their job. Right. And Were you, are you impressed now how these guys are so physically fit? Like when you saw the guys in the 70s and 80s, they were just looked like dudes. But now... These oh. tigers changed everybody. They're lifting, they're big, they're in shape. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know how those guys did it. I don't know how they walked those those courses and played five, six, seven days, five, six, six days in a row, you know, with practice and all right. that. I don't know how they did it, but they did do it. And you're right. Oh, my gosh, it's a big change. It's a big change. Um, I mean, think about they all They were the- scared about doing it. They were right. scared about, you know, who was the biggest guy? Who was the first guy? Greg Norman. How about another guy? How about a guy from South Africa? How about Gary Player? Oh, right. <laughs> That's right. Which brings up a point. Um, I'm in, um, we're in some city across America, and he, he used to have 
and still does, a million sponsors. And you look on his bag, it looks like a NASCAR. He <laughs> had like, everything, yeah. had everything, Gary Player. Including, by the way, not long ago, because I can say all this to you, <laughs> the Saudi Arabia on the side of his hat on, on his shirt. Right. Now, the last thing, he was dogging the LIV thing left and right. So it was like, oh, really, Gary? Yeah. I love Gary, but, you know, hey, Gary yeah. knows where his bread's buttered. So anyway, so we are on the tee waiting, and he's got hired by this company. I got hired to do the team photos. So as he came around to that tee, we would take a picture with every one of the customers and, and Gary Player. You okay. know, it was a big deal. Sure. In between groups, Gary's like, okay, Polly, we're going to do some sit-ups and push-ups. I said, what? He goes, yeah, we might as well while we're sitting here because it's like, what, 15 minutes, 10 minutes in between teams. They come around. I'm down there doing push-ups, sit-ups, everything there was with Gary Player, you know, and I'm like, so I always know when I see him that I better be in pretty good shape, you know, because if I've seen him, oh, my God, I've seen him dog some people one time. I love the guy. He is so great to me, you know, and, and just wonderful. But I saw him once playing as Pro-Am down where you are, actually, okay. at Newport Beach Country Club. And he's, they put him in with some big shot, some man that's a, a trillionaire, you know. And right. he gets, oh, you get to play with Gary Player. Great. Well, he brings his kid with him. His kid's like 12, weighs in at about two and a quarter. Oh. You know, and he's got a Coke in his hand. A bottle, like a can of Coke. Sir. You see your child over there? He's got a can of Coke in his hand. You cannot do that, sir. You can't have him. And he's all over this guy. I felt like crawling in a hole. You know, I'm like, oh, God, Gary, you know, this poor. But that's how he is. Well, so you and Gary didn't sneak off and have a cigarette in the uh, bathroom during play? Oh, my gosh. You, you remembered that one, huh? Still one of my great friends who I love to death, and uh, he married, He met his wife, Julie Crenshaw, at Riviera. He's down on, like, 14. He looks up on top of the hill, and there's this beautiful blonde in high heels, or heels, right? And he's like, wow. So they've been married forever, and that's Ben <laughs> Crenshaw. So Ben and I... We're on the sixth hole, which is the hole at Riviera, the par three with the bunker in the middle. Brutal hole. Brutal hole. Good Lord. Paul, let's go have a Terryton. And he and I are smoking Terryton cigarettes in the bathroom, which is about 20 feet from the tea box, and we're sneaking cigarettes <laughs> with me and Crenshaw. And I'm like... This is some, this isn't right, but as long as I'm here with Ben, what are they going to do? Yeah, they're going to throw us out. They're going to throw us out. Like a chimney of smoke coming out of yeah. the bathroom window. Oh, my God. It was like, it's the yeah, I mean, it couldn't throw us out, but speaking of throwing <laughs> out, we were with Ray, Ray Floyd and his wife, Maria, who unfortunately left us, passed, and I loved her, too, but she was tougher nails. We're at the Skins game in Monolani, and there were four players, right? It was him and, you know, Jack and Arnie and, you know, let's say Chi-Chi, and those three guys got the Ocean View bungalows. Whoa. And Ray was around the corner, not as beautiful. Maria goes, hey, guess what? If I, we don't get one of those ones that are looking like that, we're leaving. They only got four players. And all the advertisement. It's a skins game. You can't say, okay, go. Yeah. Get <laughs> okay, we're going to get the caddy master. You're the fourth. 
<laughs> so I'm guessing he got his bungalow. Oh, he did. <laughs> oh, she was great. Oh Christ! But uh, yeah, those were those were crazy. I mean, the days. Now it's everybody's nervous. Everybody's. I love the guys on the tour, but it's different. And the LIV thing. Yeah, I mean, what did you think when that came about? Well, my first thought is. Oh, my God, five of our best troublemakers on the tour went over to the live thing. You know, <laughs> I don't got Patrick Reed anymore, Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> I can't look at Paulina Gretzky. I mean, Paulina, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, really? Couldn't have taken some of these good guys? You know, the goody <laughs> two-shoe guys? But, uh, you know, we're looking for something for the little excitement. I love Max Homa, but when he wins the golf tournament, I'm not exactly getting all the yeah. craziness. But uh, uh, what I think about it, um, I mean, they're they're giving out a lot of money, oh, but gosh. it comes it comes with the price. And, and I don't think like they want to get the 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 points and all that. If they make it a four day event, then I'll listen to it. But a three day event. No matter what it is, a three-day event. Like someone said, well, the Champions Tour is three-day. Well, yeah, it's been three days forever. From the beginning. It isn't like it. Yeah, from the beginning. Right. So I think you got to play four days. Now, when I first heard the shotgun start, I'm like, geez, I feel like I'm doing the roofers union up in uh, Riverside. You know, I'm like, oh, this, oh, it's a shotgun start at noon. I better get there at you know, <laughs> 1030 to set up, you know, like, like the celebrity tournaments and all the tournaments. A shotgun start? Okay. Eh. Oh, by the way, uh, Phil Mickelson, you're on 6B. Yeah. So I hope, you know, you so better weird. start now to get to the T. Do you think any of the things they're trying to do could make its way into the tour? Either, like, maybe it's going to three-day or... I know they've certainly uh, bumped the prices on about, what, 15 tournaments or yeah, something? Yeah, they have gone up. They have gone up. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, the amount of money the they problem is, Tiger? The problem is you brought this guy's name up a few minutes ago, and that's the biggest problem. They don't like this guy, and this guy don't like them when I'm talking, and right. that's Greg Norman. Yeah. And Greg has been that way forever, so they're like, okay, you know, uh, you know, sorry. Now, the biggest thing now, and it's going to happen before we know it in April, and that's going to be who's going to, are they going to allow them in the Masters? Right. That'll be the biggest. Uh, and Fred Ridley and his group will make up their mind there. And If you were a betting man, what do you say? Wow, it is so tough. And I, and I have been known to, you know, not that I don't know odds and bet, but I, 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 that's a tough one. I don't know if the Masters is going to let those guys in or not. If the Masters let those guys play, that's going to set up the U.S. Open. That's going to set up all of them. Right. Because there's like nine guys on that live tour that are, um, that are winners. Right. That are winners and have a legit shot of playing on those and, and winning. Well, they're supposed to, you know, they're supposed to be able to play the rest of their life. Right. Because they won. And, and, but the Masters are the kind of guys that can do anything they want. Right. A little different there. It's a lot different. And, you know, it's like Billy Casper. I really like Billy Casper, and, and he was always nice to me. And he would say, hey, I'm a winner. He's, 
you know, 105 years old, he can't play at all. He can't even walk for the first tee. But, hey, I'm a winner, so I could play as many times as I want. And he'd shoot, you know, like 25 in the first two holes and quit. And walk off, go, I better not. I'd disqualify. And, and then so some guy that could have played in his spot, sorry. Is out, yeah. yeah. Because Billy said, hey, it says here I could play as many times as I want. Then they started sending letters. They did. And they sent a few letters out like, eh, love to have you at the dinner. But. Love to have you hang around, <laughs> go underneath the umbrella, come in the clubhouse, have a julep, whatever they have. But maybe not tee it up. Were there any other sports in your career you were thinking like, man, I would love to do some baseball or football or anything else? Was, was golf reason, satisfying to you all the way through? Again, it goes back to the business. Yeah. I mean, that I knew that I, I knew I had if I went the other way as well as the pro tournaments because they have pro-ams. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have a number of people that, I, that want what I have, photos. Right. And so I knew I could make a living. I, I knew that if I went and shot baseball, you became a team photographer, so you're getting corporate money. Right. Whether than some of the other fellows out there that I know scrapping that are trying, right, yeah, scrapping, trying to get that one shot that they can sell to somebody, right? And so, the, and so, to tell you the truth, no. Were there any photographers on the tour you were always happy to see? You know, because guys oh, would yeah. come in and you oh, might yeah. see like Walter, Simon Broody, or yeah. Fred, or whatever. Always, yeah, always had fun with guys like Fred Vuich and, yeah. and those kind of guys that just and still do. You know, it's just, we have our own little group that were out there, and they let me in. Yeah. They let me in because they were their own guys working for Digest, working for Sports Illustrated, all those guys. Right, and, and you're the corporate guy. And I was the corporate guy, but they let me in because I remember so many times that we would go out to these events, um, um, all these different guys that, like, work for Digest, and they would say, can we follow you around because I've got to get the pictures, but I don't have the the rap like you have sure to be able to go up to arnie and go hey we need to get these pictures together right and they would be with me and and i was said sure you kidding me let's go or how do i exactly work the flash at night for a party (laughs) you know and i would you know kind of guide them there you know and we were always friends because i've never been just trained in my life to ever ever be thinking that i was anything more than anybody. And if there was somebody that thought they were better than somebody else, and we knew that who were the great shooters, we knew who they were. We knew the guys that got the shots that you're like, wow, how do you do that? But you, you try to be always humble and nice and helping. And, and I always knew that I couldn't shoot at that level. I know I can't shoot at the level like you getting the photos I see you get. But I also know that I can get the pictures I need fast and the ones that are going to sell. I know Tiger will do anything I ask them to do. I know any of those guys because they know that I'm not going to take their time, mm-hmm. but I know I need this picture. Right. You know, Tiger, I, I, can you give me a quick one? I need this guy. He's a pretty big sponsor. Sure, right. Paul, bring him over. Boom, and he'll hit it, and he'll give me a big smile, and this guy is a hero. Yeah. You know? And uh how was it working Absolutely. with him? Or when he came onto the tour, what was that explosion like? It was, it was weird because the first thing you had to do is get in with his dad. Okay. 
And when his dad and mom came again back to the first Skins game that we had him there, he had gone on on a Sports Illustrated. They did a special thing on him. Um, on Earl. Right. Uh, on yeah. Earl and on Tiger. And I remember they had him up at the this, and I think in our press room, actually. They had a stack of them. And I told him, I go, that's pretty cool what they did. I went in and visited with him at where they were sitting, the lounge. Hey, Great to see you, Earl. You know, I'm Paul, boom, the photographer. You know, great to meet you. And I sure love some of those. Well, I sprinted to the press room and grabbed like six of them and brought them to him. And from then on, it was like, okay, you can do what you want. I mean, you know, to have Earl right. in the shot with him at a couple of different places just made it. And, and he was great. He really loved them. There's no doubt that he was, you know, really into it with his dad. Um, no, they did have a special bond. Yeah, like that one. Yeah, exactly. You know, his dad at Bel Air Country Club at an event we did when he was like 15. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah. And, and Earl, you know, so again, it was getting into with somebody that would help you get in with him. Then he and I, it's just been great. But, I mean, he'll say stuff like, you know, like I'll t- I'm telling you, he'll be with somebody and take a picture. He goes, okay, Polly, let's do it. I'll take the picture, and he'll look right at me. Don't F it up. And he won't say F it up. <laughs> he'll come right out, right there. And I'm like, oh, my God, brother, you know, you're with this guy. So if you can't take it, and your business, too. Right. If you can't take it, you better get out because right. they're going to zing us. The photographers the are time. number one guys to yeah. give the zinger to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you just go yeah. along with you it. You got filming that camera. Yeah, or... right. How come I, uh, the classic yeah. is, you know how many pictures you shot of me? Nine million. I've never seen one. <laughs> That's always the greatest. I'm like, well, somebody must have seen them. I'm getting paid for them. Well, I'll always get, I'm waiting to get a good one. Oh, that's great. That's a great line. Oh, that's a good one. I'm writing that down. I got to use that one. Uh, when, when did you start to think like, okay, I got an ass load of photos. I want to do a book. I want to do a book. I think a because lot of, that's a bold move. It's a lot of work. It was. I think a lot of people had said it to me. Oh, I'll take the. This is how I. This is how the story goes. Nineteen eighty-six. Jack had won the Masters in April, and he was at he forty-six was, years right. old. He was old at forty-six. Right. They thought he had no chance. Right. He didn't. The really. Frank I mean, Chakurian the- story is a classic. You know yeah. where he's with um, he's with our guys, and he said like, hey. You know, and they kept asking him. They said, hey, you know what? Jack just birdied 11. Uh, We don't need Jack. He's got nothing to do with this. You know, he's out of this thing. Uh, Jack just birded 13. And they just kept going. And he goes, oh, okay, well, maybe we should hear about Nicholas. He's coming on. And then finally it got to be, you know, where it was. So um, anyway, uh, we're at this thing called the Centennial of Golf. It is the top 100 players of the world. I'm talking Ben Hogan's there, you know, everybody. Byron Nelson, everybody. Uh, We're in who? New York, right. in New York at the Waldorf Astoria. They do a pro-am the day before. It was the second win of Curtis Change's two U.S. Opens in a row. We're in June in New York. 
We're dying. It's sweating bullets out there. But they get Ben Hogan to come. The Champions Tour had just started. So they want to ask all these questions to Ben. So they get him in this room, and everybody's nervous because it's a big TV show that night put on by Olmeyer Communications going worldwide with these guys. Sam Sneed's there, all of them. So I'm like, okay, this is a couple of great ones. So that day, we're, I'm doing the pro-am. I'm running around like, like a maniac we're doing all the different pictures i'm running in to do the press conference with ben and as jack finishes his 18th hole he walks in the clubhouse ben finishes the press conference they're walking towards each other they die there's ben there's jack both of them are just in awe and i remember jack telling me a long time ago and i still remember it paul you'll get the picture in other words don't interrupt Hey, can I get this picture? Hey, can I do this? Can I get that? Can you know, wait till they talk. Wait till they talk it out, you know, and then they'll look and I can get it. And I've always heard that about Jack. So anyway, they're going together, they're talking, they're in awe of each other. Finally it's done. They knew they wanted the photo. They both look at me. I hit this shot. Perfect. Shot it with film. You know. <laughs> 1986. Uh that's what I was shooting. Someone else might have been doing 1986 digital, not me. No way. I don't think. So I shoot it, hit it, comes out perfect. I, and then I'll go back to the other one. But anyway, so three years later, I get this picture. I make like three eight by tens. I send them to Barbara in Florida, Barbara Nicholas. She calls me, Polly, we have never seen these pictures in our life. This is the greatest photo ever. Jack's going nuts. Me, him and him and Ben Crenshaw, uh, him and Ben Hogan. I'm like, really? I go, that's good. I go, and then I started thinking, I got a lot of them like this that no one's ever seen. That, and if they did, they really never seen them, seen them. So I, I started, that's when I started, you know, thinking, okay, let's put them together. And I just started, I, I remember I made a bunch of three by fives of everything I could find. I went into my archives, I found slides, I found negatives, I found prints. Did you find things you forgot about? Yeah, and, I, and I'm thinking, okay, which ones do I want? Which ones do I think I have a little story to tell? Which ones would people want? And then like today, I gave one to this, to this man. Today I signed one. And the first picture he looks at, he goes, Billy Barty. And I go, yeah. I go, I'm glad you know who he is because anybody that had anything to do with my career, one of the first tournaments I ever did was the Billy Barty Little People's Golf Tournament. And I got him swinging at a golf ball, little Billy Barty. And to me, that meant so much. So I put that in the book. So that, that is- night, so that night at the Centennial of Golf, Everybody goes back to their room, and they get dressed up. You know, tuxedo. Jan Stevenson's there. Now, Jan Stevenson was an Australian girl that was a great player, won a million things, but looked like a million bucks. She did the commercial where she laid in the bathtub with all the top-flight golf balls all over her, and her certain areas were kind of showing. Did you take that photo? I did not, darn it. (laughs) But I do have it. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, I have an 8 by 10 right here. I think I have it. So this is classic. So now everybody that night, you know, everybody's scared that if Ben's going to walk out. It, you know, because Ben had that attitude. Now, again, I broke the ice with going up to him and going, 
I'm Mr. Hogan. Late, earlier in the day, I'm Paul Lester, Buddy's kid. And that, those three words have gotten me so far, Buddy's kid. And they all, oh, Buddy, we love Buddy. He used to come around and we'd watch him at the nightclubs and all this. And I went, so I'm in. So he's in the middle. People are still like, oh, my God, they're treating him with kid gloves. Whatever we do, if Ben Hogan walks out, we're dead. The whole show's gone. Jan Stevenson looks like a million bucks. She comes, her hair's perfect. She's got a dress with the showing, you know, and unbelievable. Ben, Jan comes up to me, Polly, I'd look of anything to get a picture with Ben Hogan. And I'm thinking, oh God, all right, I'm going to ask Ben, this is the end of my career. He's going to walk, you know, everything. I go up, I said, Jan, hang in there. Mr. Hogan. Jan Stevenson would love a photo with you. Where is she? Bring her over, Paul. Just like that. If it was anybody else that had said, oh, maybe later, he brought her over. I took these pictures with her. The one that we used in, in the thing was them looking at each other. I have one where his eyes are straight down. <laughs> straight down. I'm like, I can't use that one. No, no, Ben, no. no. But she looks so good, and I see her all the time, and she's, I have that picture on my wall forever and ever. I mean, it's Ben Hogan. Yes. So that's how it really started. So then I put together these three-by-fives. When did you start? What year did you it start? It was actually to- about uh, 90, uh, no, 2000. When was that? Uh, whenever that... Um, at the beginning of that ep- epidemic deal. Okay, 2019, Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. Because I had time. Okay. And I'm sitting there because they shut everything down. Yes, you had nothing I, to I do. I figured that was it, you know. So I, I, I went into all the archives I had, and I started, because I had prints on the wall, and I, we took them to this lab I used, and they shot the prints. I said, just give me a digital thing, whatever you can. Put them together. And uh, I went, uh, went to my friend, uh, Bob Sisko, who I knew who actually had a, a radio thing. And he said, yeah, I'll help you. I went to like two other people and they were like, eh, okay, maybe. And then I thought, okay, forget it. Sisko loved it. I flew to Tampa where he was. I brought all the pictures. I brought my little stories. And he sat down and went through the whole thing. So I thought, who would I want if we do it? And then I spent it all myself. You know, I self-published it, self-put it together, paid everybody, the printing, the guy that put it together did a phenomenal job. And I'm just like, okay. And then my um, Brenda's daughter-in-law, my Brenda, her daughter-in-law, worked, she was the Augusta Chronicle, uh, one of the editors. So her and I went to that uh, Pandera or one of the, one of those, whatever you call it, the sandwich place. We right. sat there. Oh, Panera Bread. Panera yeah. Bread. Yeah. And we sat there like two nights in a row and closed the joint. And she would look at the three by fives and go, what about this? And I'd say, okay, well, the story I have on that was, and I would tell a story about it. And she, you know, wrote it down so fast. And then we went to the next one, the next one. And then we cut those down. Okay. Then we cut the rest down. And then he'd call me, Bob. Bob Sisko lives in Tampa. And I'm, I was in L.A. at the time. And we're four in the morning. I'm talking to him. <laughs> oh, and God. we're going over every photo. He goes, I don't know about this one. I go, God, I really like that one. I got to have it. You know, it's a Doug Sanders. <laughs> you know, guys like that with him dressed, you know, looks like a peacock. You know, I right. said, I got to have that one. It's Doug Sanders. I don't care if people know him or not. <laughs> He's, I know him. So... 
after we did all all those kind of photos, we just kept cutting them down, cutting them down, and then I was able. And then he goes, "Well, who should we do the you know get to do the introduction and do the forward?" Right. I thought, "Well, I'm pretty good friends with Jim Nance, and when I called him and asked him, he wrote a thing that just like blew my mind. I mean, shocking. It's shocking." It's a beautiful, well-written What he piece. wrote was like, oh you know, God. he says, oh, I've been with all the people in the world, but when Paul Lester walks in the room and he's shooting and I know that, you know, I'm like, Jim, are you serious? And then I called Barbara. I knew I could call Jack because I'm like one of their kids, according to them. You know, I called Barbara Nicholas. And I go, Barb, I know you've never done this stuff before, but would you do the introduction? Jim Nance did the forward. And he and Jack, she and Jack, wrote the introduction. You know, it's a small thing about, you know, whatever. I figured I might as well get those guys. And that was basically it. So it took a while, but then I wanted it to be a softback, but a, a nice softback that had a hard cover and something that somebody could just take. And so now it basically has presidents. It's got ladies. It's got... Uh, celebrities it's got the big three it's got a whole bunch on Payne Stewart it's I mean see that's uh, one thing people forget how many presidents play golf yeah so you've seen a lot of presidents in your career yeah in front of you swinging the stick because especially in Palm Springs that's where a lot of them used to go out and vacation I mean, so many were out there. The one that was classic was the 1995 was the first time that a sitting president played in a PGA Tour event, which was Bill Clinton played in the uh, Bob Hope Classic. Yeah, and And that was a big deal. It was a big deal. We had Gerald Ford and we had uh, Mr. Bush, Senior Bush, and uh, they all played. And I'll tell you, better had a hard hat that day. (laughs) The balls were flying, man. I'm telling you. And they came up and put this little pin on me. They said you could go anywhere you want. You know, That's I've had a few of those. Pin, yeah. I've had a few of those, and I'm like, really? Okay. Did you so, get to keep it? No. Yeah. I had to give it back. Yeah, a lot of those you have to give back. I don't think they ever told me to keep it, but it was kind of fun. But, yeah. You know, they're all different. Some are different. Uh, Bush um, Jr. I, I, he does w, a lot of right. W. I, I did a lot of stuff with him. Him. That you probably have too, maybe. You have to leave your cameras at the room they're at. Yes. And then leave. And then when you come back, you can't bring anything with you. And they bring these dogs in and sniff everything from, if it's a musical uh, show as well. Everything. everything. Yep. So he's a little he's a little more different. Yeah. Barack, who I've done, you know, he... I was at a deal at RTJ not long ago, which is pretty private, and a lot of that's over there in uh, Manassas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the people play there, you know, a lot of the um, uh, uh, those kind of guys, you know, that are in politics. He was great. He just walked by right by me, and, hey, how you doing? You know, we started, I'm like, okay. You know, and, <laughs> and, you know, and then finally his guard guy comes up afterwards. How you doing? You know, I'm like. Jeez, because some of them, it's really, it's really tough. Right? Yeah, they're really on top of you. Yeah, they're really on top of you. Which you know, hey, but I expect, yeah, I expect it. You're the president or former that, president. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. But you know, like Mr. Trump, I, I haven't ever, f- I photographed him a lot as playing golf, but not as a president playing golf. Okay. At one time. Yeah, because he's a he's got golf courses and he's been oh, playing yeah. for years. Yeah. And so he's this had was events way in his before, course. This was way before he was. In politics, so we're we're down, we're 
we're down in um, Palm Springs, and I'm doing this deal, and it's the Howard Cosell Day with the All-Americans. Now, this guy got everybody in the world there. The All-Americans were all these guys that played. It was All-Americans at different colleges, and they'd bring them in. I mean, they had Whitey Ford. They had Yogi. Jesus. They had everybody was the biggest, DiMaggio, you know. So that was another part of my life. I was the photographer. The only photographer. I was so lucky. I'm so blessed in my life. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, I think to myself, I go, oh, my God, how lucky I was. But anyway, the bottom, bottom line to it all, like you, too, no matter how lucky we are, I guess we still have to produce. That's it. Because you can talk your socks off, but if you better give them a good picture. Damn right, right? yeah. So I'm there eating dinner at the table or eating breakfast we had just started hadn't started yet i get there is um uh we got donald trump we got al davis we got spanos who owns the the chargers yeah. the guy that owns the raiders donald trump and joe dimaggio so i'm like i gotta make this picture that's a lot so of I'm, egos a lot of, a lot of a lot of guys that you know yeah <laughs> Holy moly. You talk about the boys. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, God, okay, I got to make this picture. So I start walking towards him, and Al Davis is a Trump. Who is this guy coming over here? And thank gosh, my boy bailed me out. DiMaggio goes, it's Paul. He's with us. It's fine. And they told me, come on over, and I took that picture. Whoa. Thank God for DiMaggio. Or they would have yeah, You would have gotten the hand to be sent no, away. Just like that. Yeah. Or shot or something. Where, does, where did he know you from, DiMaggio? From the tournaments. From the tournaments. And that's another thing. This is great, Matt. DiMaggio, who was a couple of different times. He loved the LPGA, loved playing in them, played at the Dinah Shore a bunch. The Dinah Shore had more money than they could count back in the days with Nabisco. Yes. Right? Oh, so they it. had millions of celebrities, everything. They It was just big time, and it was... Well worth it because they had every single vendor there that sold a, a and then when RJ, R, uh, let's see, RJR, right? They yeah. came in with them. Mm -hmm. So they had every vendor that either sold an Oreo or a, or a Winston Frisco, cigarette. Anything. Yeah, anything. Right. Yeah. Anything. So they, it was huge. And they would have that all out in the press. Remember room. that? Oh, my God. It go you remember full. it? Good. Oh, yes. Good. 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 Just pile it in. You could get yeah. 4,000 Fig Newtons. As <laughs> many as you could eat. <laughs> It was unbelievable. I remember them. And cheese balls. Yes. You know, they yes. had that one, too. It was planters like... Planters peanuts. No, I... Oh, I went home I with so many planters peanuts. It was peanuts. unbelievable. Oh, my God. I was <laughs> never hungry covering that. So they had hired this big-time robot. I mean, that's been cost a zillion dollars, but it was a robot, an official giant robot, and the guy would stand behind the, the starter's tent and talk into the thing and go like, okay, the next celebrity's Andy Williams. Let's hear it for Andy. And this thing would make the noise, and here would come him. Well, DiMaggio comes over to me, Paul. You tell that guy, if he says anything about me, I'm walking. He was without a doubt the most laid back nervous ned in the world joe a couple of times we're at an lpga event in la i'll never forget it and he had finished the day i was getting ready to walk into the award ceremony and he comes over can you walk me over to my table i don't want to walk in like i don't know where i am and i would say sure joe and i walked him in i go here's your playing partners joe and then everything was great because he'd sit down so he and i became fast friends and uh, 
with DiMaggio. DiMaggio, man. Holy crap. In fact. I mean, that's the gold standard in, that was in baseball. Good. That guy's just money. Yeah, he was unreal. And uh, But, you know, it, it was like. And that's another thing, too, is how many other sports athletes, football, basketball, baseball, want and do play golf all oh, the yeah. time. They love to play, you know. They just love to, no matter how they played and if they played good or bad. Yeah. They played. Look at that. So, you know, I, I some reason I got lucky. <laughs> I was just friends with them, and I never bugged them. And if I had to come in, and they knew I would never sell a picture. Right. You know, they knew I, I'm, not, I'm not work for the uh, Inquirer. Right. You know, they knew that. So, you know, whatever I do, you know, they're not going anywhere. Because I've gotten some pretty good photos. I bet. I yeah. bet. But you kept those to yourself. You're not kidding. Have, if you look back on your career, are you, are you just shocked the way it's turned out? Like, you know, like, yeah. oh, my God. I couldn't do it now. Yeah. I can't do it now. So I'm glad because there's no more of that silly season like we talked. Right, right. So there is no more. I'm lucky that I was there in the heyday of all that. I was there with Arnie. Right. I was there with Gary. I was there with Jack. I was there with Gary Player and Chi-Chi. And, and the rise. You saw it I going saw, like yeah. a rocket. Well, the senior tour is the one that I got lucky on. Because those were the guys that started that whole thing back in there. And now, because I wasn't around when Arnie, you know. No, yeah, the right. 61, you know, U.S. Open or whatever he did. You know, I really wasn't around then. So, you know, I... But Those days, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't see Ben Hogan play golf, you right. know, but I saw him after. Yeah. You saw him just stare at beautiful women, which... For sure. Not a bad thing. That was classic. Is what there classic. Is, <laughs> is there one photo you wish you could have back you missed, and you're like, damn it, that one. I wish I could still have that one. Ah, yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, there are... I think I think the ultimate one that you just miss is like maybe if a guy made a hole in one, and you heard about it oh. and you got there late, because like we were talked about, you're in a golf, you're either lucky or you're not. Right. How can you be everywhere? Right. You got no shot. You, you know. So and you know this: the worst sound is yeah. a roar on the other side of a course. That's right. You hear that gallery explode, and you just go, yeah. "What did I miss? What did I miss? I Who know hit I the missed eagle? something." Good. That's right. Who hit the hole in one? That's right. Oh my god! Especially and, and, the eagle. The eagle's the one's like, "Oh yeah. my god!" Someone must have just crushed them all. You know, the funny part was, Chi-Chi, his big deal was the sword dance. You know, where he'd bring yeah. it out with the putter. And we would just go with him because he was making birdies. And every birdie he made, he'd go into <laughs> his act. Well, then as the years went by, it was every par he made, he went into his act. We're just, come on, make a par. Because you know, in the late days, my brother there was shooting 80s, you know, 89s, you know. And uh, it was a shame. But now on that Champions Tour, I don't care who you are. If you don't keep that score, you know, that scoring average... You lose your card. Yeah, you're gone. So and it's it, competitive. It's, in those days, that was the deal. Okay, so did you want to see? I'm just gonna throw it out. Do you want to see D. A. Wybring shoot? Uh, you know, 69, or do you want to see Lee Trevino shoot 84? Yeah. And 
they wanted to, they made it a competitive tour, as they call it. Right. Yeah. And that's to. what it is now. Right. As much as you love to see Lee and all those guys, yeah. you had to make it competitive. It couldn't just be hanging out with the guys. Right. Had to be like, okay, we got to put sponsors and money. They want to get into this. It can't just no. be a bunch of buddies. When Golf Channel came along, which is great, because almost all the guys that are in that all started with what I started the first day ESPN started in 1979. They were a big part of that whole group that mm -hmm. we had. I like Golf Channel. I really think it's great. But at that point, the only way you could really watch a lot of golf is if you had Golf Channel. Right. And a lot of people didn't. If you had ESPN or you, they were doing it, Every place you went, every restaurant, every bar, every everything, there would be the shot of the day, you know, and some tournament somewhere was, and everybody had ESPN. Right. So that's where you wanted to catch it. it that was kind of a start of a whole new deal. It, that was the start. Some good, some not so good. And they took it away because everything that they wanted to have went to the Golf Channel. If it was those skins games at the end, the Golf Channel got them. Right. Because, yeah. first yeah. of all, they were looking for content. Sure. And they, you, they could afford, sponsors could afford it better than trying to buy commercials on ABC or NBC. Mm -hmm. It costs a lot of money. Right. It was great. How many more years you got running around on the golf course? I think I'm doing pretty good now. Now, I don't know if before I got two hips and two knee replacements. I'm like a new guy now, but, but you're right. I couldn't walk 10 feet before that happened. I would have been done. Every day I walk out on the course. Today, I was walking along. I'm running over to the green, going downhill, uphill, and I'm going, I could have never have done this a year ago. A year ago, I was done. You're dragging. I I couldn't. It, it, I couldn't even go. I was limping. I was everything. So, those those definitely set a new thing for me. I mean, I had a couple of guys that's worked for me that's helped me, that were really good that are no longer around. They decided they were done at the, and I lost them, and it was tough. So, it's hard for me to be everywhere, um, and I find myself at the ripe age of 73 carrying this stuff like you like you carrying all your wonderful equipment just now and we're and sometimes i think to myself what am i doing where's all my people where's yeah. my schleppers where's my carriers I what am i doing what am i doing i want to be able to walk on the course have yeah. them hand me the camera have it all set up <laughs> loaded all the batteries ready to go the lenses here you go paul and never. You got to do yeah. it all still ourselves. Yeah, it's all right. It, it makes you a better right. person. You got character. I love it. <laughs> I wouldn't change it for anything. It's been so great. You got any other great stories that you've, you haven't, uh, you well, haven't told me? I mean, because, I mean, God, Lord, I mean, oh my God. there's a lot of people over those years. And golf is a very story-driven kind of thing where well, they're sitting next to each other. They can BS. Oh, but once yeah. they get to that tee box, it's, you know, it's serious. Well, I remember one time with Arnold. You know, now Arnold was known to, you know, let, women loved him. He was a great-looking guy, and they right. loved him. I've never saw anything. I know I've Arnold's seen Army, him. right? I've yeah. seen Arnold's Army at these dinners that I did, <laughs> and they went that way, and I went the other way. When the dinner was over, I saw them all leave. I'm like, nah, nothing happened. Arnie wouldn't do that, you know? Because when he was married 
to, you know, his first wife, they, you know, he was gone a long time. That was his heyday. Then when he married, when she passed and he married Kit, Kit, he just loved Kit. No matter what pictures I'd shoot, you know, and he'd always say, get Kit in here, Paul. And I'm like, and she'd go, no, 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 get her in here now, get over here. You know, she, he wanted her in every photo. In fact, there's the one with the president and him and Kit's in there. Mm -hmm. So he wanted her in there. But one time we were in San Antonio, Texas, senior tour just started. It was on a par three and he's waiting for the green to clear. Some guy comes, this during the tournament, guy comes over, Mr. Palmer, I would give anything for an autograph. And he goes, eh, you know, I'm playing right now. I'll meet you right afterwards. I guarantee it. I'll do it. Okay. So he's still waiting. Guy walks over here. Here comes a lady. Mr. Palmer, I'd give anything to get your autograph. And I'm watching this, you know. And, okay. You know, he pulls out the pen, signs the <laughs> autograph. He goes, finds the guy come here, sir, and signs his autograph right there. And I'm like, that's Arnie. He couldn't say no to the girl, but then he couldn't say no to the girl and do it and then dog the guy. You know, it was classic. His legs didn't look as good. Oh, my God. No. But he, he was that kind of guy. I mean, he was all business. He was all business to me. I mean, he was one of the first golfers that understood there was sponsorships oh yeah. after and during golf. There was this GTE, which was a company, right? One of the, I don't even know what it is now, but it was a you know communication company, big time. He was a sponsor. There was his sponsor. So we're up at some place, and uh, <laughs> this is a couple of great ones. So we're we're up at this place, and there's a long line of these GTE guests. And he walks in the room and looks at me. Okay, Paul. What? And in his own words, what the f are we doing? <laughs> Except he used the word. I'm like, okay, Arnold, here we go. See these people? They're all sponsors. I go, we're going to take a picture with each one of them. When a good-looking girl comes along, I'll fumfa around with the camera a little, give me an extra second to talk to her. You know, and he goes, oh, that sounds great. Where's the kettle one? So here comes the kettle one. Gets a couple pops of the kettle one. He's ready. He's ready. He's good to go. He slaps his hands together, rubs them together. Let's go. And I knew he was ready then. So here we start doing the line and everything, and they're coming through, and they're just melting because it's Arnold. Arnold says, you know, the lady comes over about halfway, the waitress. Mr. Palmer, would you like another kettle one? She goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, but don't throw away the ice. It's already broken in. I'm dying. I'm going, that's the greatest line I ever heard, King. I said, that's the best. And then, so we get through the line. But he was always, he was great. But to us, it was, it was business, you know. Yeah. When do we start? When do we end? Right. And he was great. Jack, on the other hand, they loved each other. And they really do. But Jack always wanted to be and always was known as and always will be the greatest golfer ever. Arnie put golf on the map, let's right, face it. Right, yes. But Jack, how many majors? 18? You know, whatever it is, if you go by majors, he's right. the greatest. So we're in Hawaii doing this senior skins game deal with Wendy's. They were the sponsor. So there's a ton of Wendy's restaurateurs, as they call some of these people, on like 15 Wednesday Wendy's restaurants. It's big time. 
So we're over there, and Arnold Palmer says, you know, I'm getting everybody. My job was to get everybody with the, the four people. Okay. And, you know, I would tell the people, okay, we'll walk this way first. We'll go get Gary Player. So I'd go up, hey, Gary, i got to take the pictures with the sponsors. Oh, sure, Paul, no problem. And he'd get up there and start dancing with them. I mean, he was the greatest. And then there was other times Gary would look at me, no photos tonight. And I'd go, okay, fine. Because if I wasn't around, then there was no photos. It was before there was right, 9 right. million right. cell phones they could take yeah. pictures with. Sure, now everybody's got them. Yeah. They don't even need me anymore, which is a good thing. I'm ready to quit anyway. No, I'm only kidding. So, so, then, so here we go. We get everybody. I get Chi-Chi. I get, Jack, I get Arnie. I get Ray Floyd. I go over to Jack. I go, Jack, you're the last one, and the party's going to end soon. I got to get you. And he goes, I'm not going to do it, Paul. Just jacking me around. Okay. You know. I'm not going to do it. Barb gives him a hit in the shoulder. <laughs> Paul, give a, get up. He's got to get the pictures. He, go, he looks at me. He goes, did Arnold already go? I go, yes, he did. He goes, okay, I'll go. <laughs> he would not go till Arnold went. We do this thing in Texas. And on Saturday, I'm telling stories that people are going to hear this, and I hope they don't get mad at me. <laughs> no way. But I'm telling good stories. They're out there. We got this, uh, they call this Legends. They got the greatest players in the world at this Insperity event that Jane and Brian do. They're unbelievable bosses and great friends of mine. So, again, they all come out from the, from the uh, locker room, and they walk out, and the crowd goes nuts. They walk out on the driving range. Place goes nuts. Here comes Lee. Here comes this. Here comes Arnold. He comes out. Jack wouldn't come out until he was the last one to come oh, out. Jesus. And then Jack would walk out. So, <laughs> you know, he's the greatest player ever. That's it. And, you know, he's might as well be the last guy to be on. That's it. And he was, he was really great back then. So, Chi-Chi, talk about stories. This was crazy. Um, we're in Houston, Texas again, the home of Mr. Bush. He's running for the second term, and it's after the 9-11 thing. So who's playing in the tournament? Rush Limbaugh got invited to play. Now, you're in, you're in Bush territory, so I don't have to tell you which way everything's going. Right. So here we got, you know, Rush. And, you know, hey, it's Rush. He's playing golf. How cool is that to have him in the pro-am? No matter what you think, you know, it's Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, it's cool. In fact, he asked me, oh, I don't have any teas. I said, oh, I'll get you some. I went and got him a handful of teas. There you go, Rush. So all, it's right outside the press room. Okay. They had a press tent. And the driving range, this was the other course we used to play. And now there's tons of people around. There's Rush Limbaugh. There's Arnold, who he's playing with. There's everybody around. And they're, you know, talking about politics because this is in October. November's the election. Oh. And Gore's trying to run against him. Right. Right? Here comes Chi-Chi. Hi, Chi-Chi. Good to see you. And Arnie's there, and Rush is there, and he goes, you know, Rush, I'm not going to vote for Bush. You could hear a pin drop. You were in, we're in Houston, Texas. <laughs> you know, everybody's just like, ah, uh, what? And he goes, yeah, he lied about mass destruction. And we're all just like, oh, my God. Well, it's on the cover of the next morning's newspaper. 
Chi-Chi was never invited back. Really? Yeah, never. And frankly, that was the end of it all. And it wasn't just so much, but it was just like, you got to keep the politics out of there. Rush Limbaugh's there. He's just a celebrity playing in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. He's not doing his show at that point. But when he said that, so it was just like, I remember that story, and it was like, you know, a little rough. But uh, some of those guys were great. I, I mean, Doug Sanders, who I loved to death, he was, you know, God's gift to women. You know, that's how he was. I mean, everybody will tell you the stories. In fact, the pro here and I, Bob, uh, had talked, and I have talked about it, Bob Harrison, at length, because he used to hang with them. <clears throat> so we're in Sacramento. Senior tour had just started. He's in his heyday, too, you know, as a, as a senior, turned 50. And uh, they said, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to make this thing really good for you. The sponsor's a lady that had a beeper company. That's back in the beeper days. Jesus. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they go, hey, we're going to do a great thing, you know, and we're going to have, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, play with you. I just forgot his name again. Doug Sanders. He okay. goes, we're going to have Doug Sanders play with you. You're going to love it. Good-looking guy, you know, all this. He gets in the cart with her, and I'm following them around, and they're coming up after nine holes. And she looks at the tournament chairman. If you don't get me out of this cart right now, I'm pulling my sponsorship right now. This guy's all over me. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, like, oh, Dougie. Dougie, what are you doing? doing? You're blowing the whole thing. You keep your hands to yourself. (laughs) There's plenty. Back in those days. Oh, oh, it was wild. Oh, my gosh. It was wild. Everybody. Nowadays, you know, everybody, hey. Well, Uh, you know, that goes around with everybody. Sure, sure. I'm glad we were able to hook up so and do glad. this. Your book is fantastic. I appreciate uh, you, you know, sending me out a, you know, the book and yeah. I got it. It was so great because I always admired you so much for doing what you do. And uh, when you used to uh, honor us to come to the golf tournaments, <laughs> you know, and uh, give uh, the baseball. It was always my pleasure. It was, it was fun. Great. Wow, it was good. We had a good spread. Absolutely. Once in a while. Absolutely. It was fun. I, I wish I could cover more golf. I always really loved it, especially when, yeah, you run into Darren Carroll and JD when those guys were running exactly. around with Golf Magazine. They and, still are. Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff back then. It was. We had a great time. Dinah Shore, stuff at Newport, going up the Riviera, oh. L.A. Open, all that stuff. It really was. Yeah. It really was. And it's not like it used to be because there's not nearly those many guys, Yeah. first of all. Right. You know, you don't. there isn't a guy for every magazine, which there aren't any, and, and there aren't a particular guy that covers just that event. As far as reporters, in fact, Davis Love said to me, why are these guys asking me these questions? I said, well, the reason why is because they're doing the high school basketball last week and they're sending them on the PGA Tour event this week. Right. They're not guys that covered the golf every week because they don't have them anymore. No. No, it's not. It's not that way. He's doing a high school game on Thursday and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he covers you. Right. And that's it. He doesn't know all the the insights, so, you know, he tries. No. And then on Tuesday, he's going to do city council meeting. (laughs) That's exactly right. It's whatever they have to do. Yeah. Thank you for setting this up. This is absolutely stunning. Good spot. The cookies are great. Get a cookie. (laughs) 
Paul, that's why I gotta watch myself on those cookie deals. <laughs> you're the best, my friend. Thank you so much uh, for doing this. You. I love you, my brother. All right, Thanks you're the for best, having man. me. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Paul. You can find his book, Beyond the Fairway, on Amazon. If you like the episode, please click the like button and become a subscriber to the show. You can follow the Just a Good Conversation podcast on Instagram. And you can find all of our past shows at the website, justagoodconversation.com. Thank you for listening.